Yeah. You already know what time it is, Box Box Podcast, episode 21. Let's go, kids. Go to sleep the rest of my garage deep. Floating in the forest on the side seats. Yeah, keep designer on the broad feet. I don't wanna be I don't want to cut this shit off. This ain't for soccer mamas, this for the underground Niggas was a shit last summer and now they numbers down Rappers getting jacked for they Jews, I keep that too with me I go Machiavelli on views, brothers be true to minutes Shit We'll do it live, fuck it Do it live Yes sir Back like Jordan wearing the faux five Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 21 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you to everyone out there who likes, who subscribes, who supports, who listens, um, who is active and engaging on the social media platforms. Thank you to all of the essential workers out there busting their ass. Um, Thank you to... Uh, the people out there continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. And um, I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I've received in this in this podcast. Um, 21 weeks strong. We doing it for the Bronx. We doing it for Lil Saint. And um, I always, 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 always got to start the show with thank yous. I truly appreciate them. I truly appreciate all of you guys out there um, just vibing liking and supporting this show so i I i'm really thankful for that um man we're gonna have a great show we're gonna have a great 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 show i'm in a fantastic mood i'm in a i'm in a unbelievable mood today fantastic fantastic mood let's go i am in a very 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 good mood that was massage seats by freddie gibbs and madlib off the album bandana and sometimes you know, like, you know when you pick the right thing, if that makes sense. Like, sometimes, like, when you, let's say, you go shopping, right? you looking for some clothes or for some shoes. You know when you pick the right fucking joint. Like, you know what I'm saying? And for this week, that was the perfect song. Like, that was just the perfect song. Every intro song, if you guys haven't noticed, I try to make it upbeat. But like this week for this episode, I just that is the perfect fucking song. Shout out to Freddie Gibbs. He's like super slept on, in my opinion. He's like he's fucking elite, in my opinion. Um, If you guys haven't heard Bandana with him and Madlib, you need to go listen to that shit. Um, He got a new album that came out uh, about a month ago called Alfredo, which was him and the Alchemist. You need to listen to that shit. He got another album with Madlib. It came out in, I want to say, 2014. It was called Pinata. You need to go listen to that shit. He's super, 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 super nice. I really fuck with Freddie Gibbs, man. And I really think he slept on. So maybe if I play it, play the intro and you guys, you know, start listening to his music, that'll make me happy because I just think he's super, super, super nice. 
I think he's super, super nice. And he's one of these newer type rappers who, like, can easily show their personality. Like, he's really funny. Like, he's a funny, funny, funny dude. Like, um, I want to play you something. This is um, him on Genius. Genius is the site that basically just gets all the lyrics for the songs. And he did an interview with Genius, and he was explaining, like, lyrics of his song, one of his songs called Flat Tummy Tea. And he's just mad funny. I'm going to play you this fucking clip because this dude is hilarious. And people like just people just don't know about him. So I want to give him a little bit of airtime on the show. So this is Freddie Gibbs on Genius. I named the song Flat Tummy Tea because it was a line in the song. You know what? I'm going to keep it real with you. I tried it just to see. I needed some Tom, 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 Tom. I the fuck with that shit, nigga. Then my bitch was like, it ain't for niggas. I'm like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> So you be shitting like this too, bitch? Women don't be shitting like us, though. They do, but they be acting like they don't. They be trying to shit while we at work or something like that. I think all women shit at like 3 a.m. or some shit when niggas sleep. And they, they probably take one big shit. That's why they make that flat tummy t shit. All right, now see? I'm up. Use your common sense. That's great, man. <laughs> he's funny. Like, he's really funny. And that got me to thinking, like, he's right, too. Like, talking about that like women shit it's funny like because every time i've been with a woman long term like to the point where we would like hang out for a long time together in the house or something i maybe i just never had a girl who loved me but i'd never seen a woman take a shit like that i was with like my mom of course she don't give a fuck you know what i'm saying my sister I don't, she'll give a fuck but like women don't shit at least i don't see them shit I've never seen, I've like, ne- like physically seen, but know a woman to go shit. Like, thinking to myself, like, damn, I've been at your house for three days. <laughs> you haven't shit once. <laughs> like, what's going on? You can't be holding it in for that long because when you holding your shit, you get sick. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> you get sick. So <laughs> you, I know that you, you, you fucking either you're holding that shit in or you just don't do it. So. I need to figure it out. I'm glad Freddie said it because I was maybe or maybe they just like, nah, I'm not going to shit in front of him. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I've never like seen that. Like, damn, like, yo, my stomach hurt. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Like, I've never even like, yo, shit, I've been at your house for fucking a, a week. Like, you ain't shit yet. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. But shout out to Freddie Kid. <laughs> Shout out to Freddie Gibbs. I'm gonna start the show in a minute. I don't know. I'm just. I, I feel. I feel good. I don't know. I'm just. I'm all over the place. Um, and actually, too, before I start speaking of shit or uh, loud like things related to shit, I don't know who's been setting off these fucking these fireworks, but I'm losing my fucking mind every night. Every night, all you hear is. <laughs> Every fucking night. This is it. This is all that you hear. Every night. I don't know if this is a government conspiracy. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's in charge. Something gotta give, goddammit, because these this shit is out of control. Fam. I mean, I understand we've been cooped up in the house, so you know, people maybe have had them stashed, but Fam, every night, fireworks. Every night, it's like, this shit gotta be from the fucking government, man. 
This shit got to be from the government. 100%. Got to be from the government. Because fireworks are a thing of the summer. 100%. But the way that these fireworks are being exploded, is, is it looks like some kind of plan. Like, so... Keep your third eye open on that one. Keep your third eye open. It's some real, some real, it's some real funny shit going on with them fireworks. Keep your third eye open on that. Just remember I said that. Cause watch, something gonna come out in the news that this shit was a plan to to fuck with people in some kind of way. I I really believe that. Cause this no make no goddamn sense with all these fucking fireworks. It don't make no sense. It it don't. So I. I, I'm feeling it. I feel like there's some real next level shit happening and they're using fireworks as a smoke screen. So just keep your third eye open on it. Just remember I told you. Remember I told you first. <laughs> remember where you heard it first, all right? Remember where you heard it. All right, all right, all right. Enough with the tomfoolery. Enough, enough. <laughs> now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, Bronx Facts. <laughs> For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is my little segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to show how many great things, ideas, and people come from the Bronx, New York, the borough that I love, where I was raised. Um, you know, just maybe uh, I just think of it as a um, like a little mini um, like a little mini lesson, I guess, because, you know, a lot of. A lot of people don't know much about the Bronx, right? A lot of people don't know, you know, maybe maybe have even never been here. So they just their ideas of the Bronx. I saw this on Instagram. Um, it said, um, "Damn, what did it say?" I'm gonna find it real quick. It was it's um from an Instagram page called Bronx Narratives. They're a Bronx, obviously, um, Bronx Instagram page, and they basically just showcase the Bronx with photos and with videos and with other things. Um, it says, normalize saying you've never been to the Bronx and your perception has been influenced by the media and friends, which is true. Like, the majority of people, when I tell them I'm from the Bronx, they react like it's the worst place on earth. But literally, they have never been here and they only go by, you know, what, they, what they've what they seen on television or movies or what other people say about the Bronx. So, um, that's why Bronx Facts, that's why I love it. That's why it's my favorite segment because literally people hit me and they say, yo, I didn't know all of these things were in the Bronx. I didn't know all of these things were started in the Bronx. Like I did one, I did a fact about the Bronx Museum. I did the Bronx Museum and I did the Bronx Children's Museum. And they were like, I didn't even know the Bronx had museums. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, that's why I just love doing it. That's why I love Bronx Facts because I just love the Bronx. I know that the Bronx has been scrutinized and shit, but, you know, it's great. It's great. Every place is, you know, is more than what is rep- how it's represented, in my opinion. So just because I'm from the Bronx, I feel a certain way. Just like if you were from a West Indian country or from a Middle Eastern country or from a Latin country and, you know, people don't know much about it. So they just go on stereotypes and shit. You would feel a way, you know, so. That's why Bronx Pack is important to me. But this is not episode one, so I don't need to explain this. <laughs> um, your Bronx fact for today is created in 1949, the All-America City Award, once called the Nobel Prize for Constructive Citizenship, has been awarded to more than 500 communities across the country. 
1997, the borough of the Bronx was given this award, acknowledging its comeback from the decline of the mid-century. That is your Bronx fact for episode number 21. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shits on episode 21, our top topic this week. I finally saw it. I know I mentioned few episodes ago maybe five or so episodes ago that i did not get to watch all of it but i finally have insecure season four it is time for the breakdown and it was a fantastic season i want well actually before i even get into this spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert because i truly hate when I like something, I like a show or a movie or something, or I'm looking forward to watching it, and someone ruins it. So this is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for Insecure Season 4. If you have not seen it in, in its entirety, I suggest you skip forward on my head because I'm going to basically break down the entire season, you know, the best parts of it, I guess. So... I, the last thing I would want is to ruin it for anyone. So, spoiler alert again. Skip forward if you have not watched it. All right. Now, with all that being said, it was a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic season. I loved it. I truly, truly loved it. It came back after the one-year layoff. Remember, they took 2019 off. Um, and, man, it was fire, man. It was straight-up fire. I loved it. I really loved it. Um First out, first off, shout out to my main man, Lawrence. I'm going to start calling him Mr. Bitches. <laughs> my guy, Lawrence. Mike Jones put it best for Lawrence this season. Lawrence back then, Jose ain't want him, and now he hot. They all own them. Shout out to Lawrence, man. Shout out to my guy, Lawrence. But I'm going to get to him later on. But basically, this season, like, boiled down to the main theme of the season was the friendship between Issa and Molly, right? Because you know that they're besties, but they really hit a, a rough patch in their friendship, and they were not fucking with each other for a long portion of the show due to a lot of things. So um, it broke down to basically Issa versus Molly the condola factor and then Lawrence. So that was like the main themes of the show with bit parts for all the supporting cast as well. But it was mainly Issa versus Long um, Issa versus Molly, Condola and Lawrence. Those were like the main pieces of this season. So um Issa and Molly basically fell out because they had like differing basically philosophies. Their friendship was taking a, a road where they couldn't agree on anything. Issa had finally like gotten her shit together in terms of like her creative bag. Like she manages to throw this huge block party in Inglewood where she's from. And, um, you know, she goes through hard, hard work trying to get it together, trying to get sponsors, trying to get vendors, trying to get performances. Like she's really busting her ass to do it. And she does it with the help of her colleague, Condola Hayes. Right. Bang. Molly, on the other hand, is finally like in a committed relationship. She's with a man and she's struggling to make it work. Like she's having a hard time with communication, with like reciprocity with the man, with boundaries. And 
Issa and Molly start to differ because Molly thinks that um, Issa is messy. Or, no, actually, let me do Issa first. Issa thinks that Molly is miserable and that she can never be happy and that she doesn't want to be happy and that she wants to be cool with Condola against Molly's wishes. Now, Molly thinks Issa is, like, messy and she feels slighted by Issa because it seems like Issa is favoring Condola over her. Now, the caveat is Condola is in a relationship with Lawrence. And Lawrence is Issa's ex-boyfriend of five years, right? And the reason they broke up is because Issa cheated on Lawrence with Daniel. That was season one. So um, Molly's saying, like, yo, you can't really be fucking with her like that because she's with your nigga, like, with your ex-man. And Issa's saying, well, I couldn't have done any of the work without Condola, so I don't want it to be a thing and molly's telling her like yo nah you cannot be involved like you can't be around you can't hang out with her you can't be friends with her and then you know it just bubble it's like that was the start of their separation right and then as if the season further goes along it is super awkward between Issa and gondola that um that lawrence and gondola are together but they're trying to like work past it and I don't know why Issa can't just can't let it go. Like, just let her go. That's what that's what my opinion was. Just like, yo, let the bitch go. She did great work for you. She helped you a lot. Say thank you. And that's that. Like, we don't have to be friends. But whatever. Where their relationship hit the fan was Molly's boyfriend, Andrew, is uh, he works for Live Nation, which is like a tour um, company. It's a real company, but it's fictionalized in the show. Um Basically, Issa's headliner, Schoolboy Q, drops out of the concert. So she needs a headliner. She's desperate. So she calls Molly, and they're already on the ropes. And she's like, hey, your, your boyfriend, Andrew, works for Live Nation. Is it possible that he could, you know, find someone for me? Maybe I could get Vince Staples, and he could help me try to get him for the show. And Molly's saying, no, I don't want to be messy. I don't want to mix these things together andrew is my boyfriend i'm not comfortable with um us mixing that together i don't want that to i don't want that i'm not doing that so she set the boundary it was clear i don't want that but Issa's is desperate right because she needs the headliner for the show she did all this work to put it together and now at the last minute it's going to fall apart she's not with it so Here's where Nathan comes in. Nathan was from season three. Um, he was He's a barber from Houston, Texas, and Issa and him were together. And at the end of the season three, he disappeared. But it came is found out that he suffers from bipolar depression. So he disappeared due to he was unable to manage his mental illness. Um, but he somehow resurfaces back in Los Angeles and Issa, in a moment of desperation, reaches out to Nathan because Nathan knows Andrew. And she had Nathan ask Andrew for her to help her with the concert. So when Molly finds this out at the block party, she's tight. She's super tight because she went behind her back and everything. She laid the boundary down. Issa violated it. But like they make it, they paint it in a way where you could see both sides. You could see why Issa did it. But you could see why Molly was tight. Like, 
And I just need to say this off the top. I am such a Molly. Oh my God. I'm why I watch this fucking show and it's a very entertaining show. It's a great show. It's just a great show in my opinion. But I am such a Molly. Like, oh my God. I learned that about myself. Like I watched the show and I just I learned that about myself. I am such a Molly. Like, man. Anyway, <laughs> I might name the episode that. Such a Molly. Um no, that might be confusing. <laughs> anyway, so they have a big blow up fight. Um, the shit hits the fan, but the show goes well and um, it, it's good for her. Like good for Issa. Like she's she, the show goes well and she has momentum. So now she's thinking about what's next. She's trying to plan what's next. And she's made it clear that basically her and Molly don't rock. They don't fuck with each other now. Lawrence and Condola are going well, right? At a Friendsgiving event, one of Condola's drunk friends basically slips out or says that Lawrence is not, she doesn't think of Lawrence as more than a distraction. Um, Condola was married before she got with Lawrence, so she divorced. And, you know, I guess she was just finding her way back out there. And Lawrence is under the impression that shit is going well. He's under the impression shit is going great. But her drunk friend says that he's he's a good distraction for her. So he's thinking like, well, am I going to be something with you or am I just, you know, a little fling? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he's gone through his own shit. He broke up with Issa last year and he's been fucking around. He's been being a bum. Like he's finally got his shit together in terms of his career, in terms of you know, his, his, his girl, like, you know, he's getting better. He's becoming better. So he's, you know, offended. And when it came, when, when he brought that to her attention saying, Hey, your friend just said, I'm a distraction. I don't mean nothing to you. You know, Condola was, they couldn't communicate correctly. I don't remember specifically what both parties said, but they just couldn't communicate correctly. And then they were rocky. And in the crescendo of their conversation was if Issa did not cheat on you, would you have left her? Right? That's what Condola posed to him. If Issa did not cheat on you, would you have left her? And he couldn't answer. So she, I guess she was mad, which I don't understand. Like, I don't understand that you with the shorty for five years and she cheated on you. He left her. He, he left her. Like, I mean, what, 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 like, I don't understand. Like, what would you want to, like, I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. And, and see, this is where Molly was right. Molly kept saying, yo, stop being messy. Stop being in between them. Stop being cool with her because you're going to come up and it's going to fuck some shit up. So Molly again was right. I'm such a Molly. Oh my God. Anyway, um, so that was like something that I guess Condola couldn't get past at the time. If it's basically asking Lawrence and he couldn't answer, hey, if Issa never cheated on you, would you, would you have left her or would you have stayed with her? Like, bong. Um, then they're on a break. So Issa somehow meets up with Lawrence and they talk. They finally like have the big talk about what happened, why things were the way they were, why like what drove Issa to cheat what about Lawrence was wrong etc and Issa finally sees the glow up that Lawrence has 
And she's been low-key jealous that Condola has been reaping the benefits of Lawrence's glow-up because when she was with him for five years, he was a bum. But now, like, he's got his shit together. He works at the great, he works at the tech company. He got a nice spot, a nice apartment. Like, he's, he looks good. Like, he's, like, he's doing well. And it's like, damn, like, she's been thinking about that low-key for a while. Like, damn, this bitch gets to reap all the benefits of my work while, you know what I'm saying? I was with him when he was a bum. Now he's all shiny and she's just with him now. And again, back to Molly. Molly said, don't be messy. She didn't listen. Bong. So um, when they finally have their talk, they realize like they still vibe, they still click and everything because they were together for five years. What do you expect? They vibe, they click. Issa somehow ends up at his apartment he tells her that Condola and him broke up because of blah, blah, blah. It, it all happened in their big talk. Basically, Issa ends up spending the night. Bang. Right? Oh, man. Now it's super messy because he doesn't, Lawrence doesn't know what the status of him and Condola is. And at the time, Issa doesn't know either. But they they got it off. They got shit popping. And... um. But it gets to a point where finally it seems like they're going to get back together and it seems like they want to make it work for each other, right? And this is where the big shit comes in now, bubbles. Um, it seems like they're going to get back together, but they don't know, right? But Lawrence is saying all the right things. But at the same time, he's also interviewing for a new position at um, at a tech company in San Francisco, right? And Issa has finally got her job shit together. She's finally got her career path together. So that may be a, a object of, um, uh, what's the word? Something that will sp- split them apart because if, if Lawrence leaves and goes to San Francisco, a long distance relationship is going to be difficult, right? But Issa expresses that she may even say fuck it and go with him to San Francisco, make new friends and everything. And as soon as they're ready to be happy, the big bombshell explodes. This bitch Condola is pregnant. Pregnant. She's pregnant with Lawrence's fucking baby dog. What? What? Pregnant with Lawrence's baby. And she wants to keep it. Where is Usher when you need him? Says she's three months pregnant and she's keeping it. (laughs) So now Lawrence says, I have to be honest. I'm not going to be dishonest. We were just on the point of making it work with myself and Issa. So he goes to Issa's house. He tells her, Condola's pregnant. And then the season ended. Oh, God. Like, so, I mean, it was just an amazing season. Amazing season. I truly, truly loved it. I thought that shit was phenomenal. Shout out to Issa Rae. Shout out to Yvonne Orji. Shout out to Jay Ellis. Uh, Shout out to Amanda Seals and all the other characters on the fucking show, man. It was a fantastic season. I didn't even get into Molly. Um, basically, Molly is with a man named Andrew. He works at the tour company. And they're basically 
trying to make it work, right? Because Molly has never been in a long-term relationship. And there's a lot of things that happen. Um, one scene, they go to Mexico. They're having a great time. But Andrew's brother um, basically sets Molly off um, because a woman refused her service. Molly believed it was because she was black, and Andrew's brother didn't believe that. But Andrew is Asian, so his family's Asian. And his brother's saying, hey, I'm, I experience racism as, racism as well because I'm Asian, um, but I don't think that that was the situation that happened. And they have a big argument. And then it puts Andrew and Molly on the rocks because, you know, as his brother at the end of the day, like, you're my girl, but this is my brother. And I want you guys to reconcile, but Molly doesn't want to reconcile with him. She wants to avoid him. That's an object of um, disagreement. And then Andrew feels like he's bending over backwards for Molly, but Molly doesn't bend over backwards for him, blah, blah, blah. And it was just great. It was just great. It was just great. It was a fantastic season, man. It was a fantastic season. Like, really, really good. Like, that's that's black excellence right there, man. That was a, it's a great show. Um, again, spoiler alert, I hope that you guys fast-forwarded through it if you did not see it because I just ruined the whole shit for you. <laughs> but it is great. I loved it. I really loved it. I can't wait for season five. I don't know what they're going to do next. And it was great. And I learned about myself that I am such a Molly. I'm such a Molly in the way, let me explain it, that... I'm like right now with this podcast, right? I'm really into it. I'm into my work. I know that if a woman gets involved with me right now, I'm not going to be super like into her because I'm really busting my ass on this shit. And also I could say that I'm, I would say that I'm pretty selfish as well. Like I, I'm very self-important. I don't really know how to in a relationship aspect really like try to put someone else first or you know disregard my feelings and if i do disregard them for a while then it always comes out like oh i'm doing all this shit for you but you're not doing the shit for me the way they painted molly this season i just saw a lot of myself in which is crazy like it's crazy like it was like they were speaking to me like i don't know man i don't know but guys insecure season four they killed it man they fucking knocked it out of the park it was amazing i hope you guys feel the same way i feel about it and if you don't hit me tell me why tell me what you didn't like about the season tell me what you thought that they could have improved on like i just thought it was great i just thought it was great and they also did a great thing on postpartum depression character named tiffany who was played by amanda seals and who was married um she just got married to her boyfriend Derek, and they have a baby but they didn't really necessarily plan the baby it just sort of happened and they have a baby a baby girl but Amanda Seals is post-pregnancy. She's going through postpartum depression and they like explore her, her psyche going through that. Like she's becoming detached. Derek doesn't really know how to help her. And then for the last episode, she disappears. They can't find her. So they go on like a wild goose chase to find her. And it turns out it's like, she's just been really fucked up from the baby. She had plans. She wanted to do things. Now she can't do them. She doesn't know how to parent right. She's going through all the things of what new mothers go through. It was just fire. I just can't say, I can't say more great things about the season. It was fire. Like I loved it. I loved it. So guys insecure my, I give it a five out of five stars. Shout out to them. Shout out to Issa and the crew. They fucking 
killed it. They killed it. Absolutely killed it. And I want to say happy Father's Day to Lawrence. <laughs> happy Father's Day to my guy Lawrence. All right now. All right. Great season, though. Fantastic season. Fantastic season. All right, moving right along. You guys can follow follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. N G H B R H D no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in questions, comments, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me on the social media platforms. And you guys always, always do right by me. So I really, truly appreciate it. And um, I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have received. So the first one says, <laughs> this is funny i've seen this too on um, social media so i'm guessing this is why they asked me is a hot dog considered a sandwich why or why not i've seen that on social media um basically like a funny little debate on what a hot dog really is a hot dog is a taco duh like duh as i think it i don't know why people aren't thinking that a hot dog is a taco Think of a taco, the shell, you put your chicken or your ground beef or your steak or whatever meat filling that you want. Then you put your lettuce, your tomato, your sauce, your cheese, right? Bong. And you eat the taco. A hot dog is a, the shell is the bun. The hot dog is the meat filling. You put your ketchup, your mustard or whatever else you want on it. Your relish. Some people put chili. Some people put cheese. A hot dog is a taco. It's a taco. I, I don't know that that's my answer to the question it's not a sandwich it's a taco <laughs> the next one says <laughs> um oh wow if you were held at gunpoint and told that if you did not impress them with your dance moves you would be killed what dance moves would you bust out um, i'm gonna be 100 honest with you i would die i would just die i would get killed because I can't dance, cannot dance. Maybe I would probably do like the electric slide, the original joint, but that, that's the only thing that I could do coordinated, coordinatedly, if that's even a word. But yeah, like if it, when it, anything that comes to dancing, I'm not going to be good at. So if that was the terms of this very specific murderer, <laughs> um, I would die. <laughs> I would 100% die. I would die. So, yeah, 100%. Don't threaten me and say I have to dance my way out of it because I'm just going to die. <laughs> the next one says, what ridiculous thing have you tricked someone into doing or believing? Well, I really, man, I can't really think of something that I've done, but it's been done to me. Like someone's tricked me into stuff before. It's been it's happened to me. I'll tell you a story. So I have an older on my family is like kind of big and blended. Right. On my dad's side of the family, I have two sisters and I have a brother on my mom's side. I have one older sister. Right. And that's the one that I live with. My older sister on my mom's side. 
And when we were kids, um, you know, she was just pick on me. Like that's what an older sibling does. They pick on their little siblings, right? So one thing she used to do, and it always would get me for a long time, was she used to tell me that I was adopted. But she wouldn't just say, oh, you're adopted. Like she would make me believe it because she would like have evidence. So one thing that happened when my grandmother moved apartments from um she lived she used to live in Brooklyn. I used to live in Brooklyn until I moved to the Bronx when I was ten. But when she moved apartments in Brooklyn, she had lost a bunch of pictures. A bunch of like pictures in a photo album through the move. Either the movers got rid of it or she threw it away by mistake. So a lot of the pictures that were taken of me when I was a baby got lost in the move. So my sister would say, yeah, you know, you're adopted, right? Because there's no pictures of you. Have you thought about that? Like, have you ever seen pictures of you as a baby? You're adopted. Like she used to say that. And I would like, shut up. Like I would be so mad. I used to make, I used to cry. I used to make me cry so much. And then she used to say, because I'm left-handed. I'm the only left-handed person on my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. The only lefty. She would say, yeah, you know, so there's no baby pictures of you. And have you ever thought about how you're the only person in this entire family that's left-handed? Don't, that, that's not weird. You're adopted. We found, she used to say, we found you at the steps of the church and my grandma just decided to bring you home. I used to cry, 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 cry. It used to make me cry so much because what she was saying made sense because, of course, she didn't tell me that, you know, the pictures got lost and she didn't, I didn't really understand left-handedness that only 10% of the population will be left-handed. So she would just bring those facts to me and I didn't have any way to refute them. So I believed that it was true. I used to cry 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 that used to make me cry so much that i was adopted and that she was the only person who would tell me that no one else would tell me and then when you asked like hey mom am i adopted my mom would be like yo get out of my face with that like so she was like see they don't want to answer you you adopted i oh man that used to make me cry so much but that i mean it, that's what an older sister does like i don't love her no less that's what your older siblings do they pick on you and then you know it it serves a purpose. It makes you tough and all that shit. So that is something that I've been tricked into believing 100% by my sister. And the last one says, in these tumultuous times, what things do you do or what things do you watch when you want to just have a quick laugh? That's a great question because it is, it's hard out here, man. Social media is difficult to be on and the climate is difficult with the viruses and the killings and the police presence and the government, like it is really rough out here. It's a, it's a strain on people's mental health. That is a great question because it really is. Um, one thing that I do, I've come across this video, I think last week or two weeks ago, I'm not sure. And it started a whole thing, right? It's called the don't leave me challenge, but I don't care about everybody else's other version. I just love the original version. Um, the guy who made it was his, his at name is Joey Neverland. Um, I hope uh, I'm giving him correct credit. Um, he started the challenge and he would just make little jokes and then they would say, don't leave me. And he would run away after he makes the jokes. I'm gonna play the clip for you. This shit is hilarious. Every time I watch this shit, I legit laugh. So like when shit gets a little too much for my mental, I'll 
somehow, some way come across the clip. I saved it to my phone. I watch it and it just it makes me smile for like that brief 10 seconds or 30 seconds that it plays. So I'm gonna play it for you. This shit is fucking great. Hey, you see this is a switch, yeah? Yeah. I put the light on this switch. Yeah. It's a light switch. Oh! No, 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 take me with you. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Hey, hey, oh, huh? Huh? It's yeah. a minute made. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Give it to the man. Now he's man made. Eh? Oh! Oh! Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Hey, watch this. Uh, huh? Take the game. Uh huh. Put it on my boy. Uh huh. It's a game boy. Oh! No, 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 no. No, leave me. No, leave me. Yo, I love that shit, man. That's the funniest shit right now on the internet. And of course, it started the Don't Leave Me Challenge where everyone else makes those little funny jokes. But the original version is, is fucking hilarious. I love that shit. It really makes me laugh. Like, so. You know, when shit is rough, when you see real heartbreaking shit, like I want to say rest in peace to Elijah McCain, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor, and please help locate Vanessa Guzman. But, like, when you see shit like that, it obviously can fuck up your, your mental. So it's always great to just have little things to where you can laugh, have a brief moment of joy. Um so shout out to you guys for that question, for those questions. I really, truly appreciate them. Um, and shout out to that last one, because that's a real thing. Like, so my suggestion is with all the um, happenings going out here in the world, it's really important that you guys can find something to help you to escape. Um, usually, uh, hopefully this podcast could do that for you. I would be very happy if, if that was the case. Um, but it's important, even if it's not this podcast, if it's just something that you can have to help you to help your mind cope with what's going on, whether you watch some stand up comedy or you go out and you exercise or just I want you guys to f- have something that you can do to help your mind cope with all the nastiness that's going out here in the world. That's really important. That's really, really important. Um, and again, shout out to you guys for the questions. I really, truly appreciate them. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Her name is not Vanessa Guzman. It's Vanessa Guillen. Vanessa Guillen. Um, please petition all the people you can to help locate Vanessa Guillen. Basically, she was a woman um, on a military base. She was an army soldier and she mysteriously disappeared and she has not been located. And it seems like there's no effort to help locate her, um, even though she's a U.S. Army soldier. So, you know, shit like that is real rough. It's real shit. But again, if you guys need more information on that, um, please get informed. Find out how you can help. I would say there's petitions out right now to where you can sign and um, petition the, the powers that be to conduct a full investigation. She was last seen on April the 22nd in the parking lot of a Fort Hood Army base in Central Texas. Um you know, I'm just trying to use utilize my platform responsibly. So rest in peace to uh, Ahmaud Arbery. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Um, rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Elijah McCain. Rest in peace to Rayshard Brooks. And please help find or do what you can to petition the powers that be to help investigate the disappearance of Army soldier Vanessa Guillen. Next on the docket, I want to talk about some more and more happy, happy shit. Now, this has been, this is like so left field that it's, I, 
in 2020, nothing is on accident. I believe it, right? This shit is so left that I cannot sit here and believe this shit is an accident. This, what I'm about to play you, is a clip from Ja Rule. This clip is Ja Rule doing an ad for a Greek restaurant called Poppy Christos. And Ja Rule, of course, is a rapper from Queens. Um, he has he has hits on hits on hits. People, you know Ja Rule. I know Ja Rule. I grew up listening to a bunch of his shit. He's got hits. Like, you, we can't sleep on Ja. It's been sort of cool to make fun of him and clown him. But we can't deny that Ja Rule has hits. I'm a, I just looked it up real quick as I'm speaking. I'm going to read you some of these things. Holla, holla, Ja Rule. Put it on me. What? Living it up. Always on time. Mesmerize. Clap back. New York. Oh, man. Remember? I got a hundred guns on Eclipse. Nigga, I'm from New York. New York. Yo, Ja Rule has had some fucking hits. He was on Can I Get a with Jay-Z. He was on damn rainy days with mary j blast what's love that was fat joe nah jaru got hits bro he got hits but it's been like kind of trendy to clown him um because one the beef with 50 cent and man if you get into beef with 50 cent i pray for you because 50 cent is ruthless like he is he's he's fucking ridiculous like if you get into a beef with him Say your prayers because he is like, he's, he's, he's crazy. He's crazy. Like he will beef with anyone and he's like really good at beef. Somehow he's like at his strongest when he beefs with people. So a lot of people, you know, remember Ja Rule getting clowned by 50. A lot of people, um, you know, they were on 50 side, I guess. And they it's it's easy to see how Ja lost that beef for 50. But this clip is just so weird to me. It's weird. It's so weird to me that I know it's by design. Anyway, I'm going to play the clip for you. It's really fucking funny. It's Ja Rule doing an ad for Poppy Cristos. Again, it's a Greek restaurant in California. And this shit is fucking great. Let me just play this shit for you. This shit is amazing. It make you want to slap your mama. Pop Christos got the best motherfucking gyros, gyros. You ever ate in your life? So good. Take one little thing to You got to have Peters. Peters. Pop Christos Peters. They got everything. I'm going to just give you a rundown of some of my favorites. They got tzatziki. Oh, hold on. Octopod tequila. Whatever. But it's good. Apple lime mono soup. And they got wine too. I'm telling you, come on down to Papa Cristo's. You can't even pronounce the food, it's so goddamn good. Show them what you're working with, Papa. Show them how you do it. Hey, yeah, Papa, hey, where are you? Papa Cristo, are you here? Papa, Papa, Papa Cristo, are you here? Come on down to Papa Cristo's, 2771 West Boulevard Pico. Or you can call right now and get it delivered. Papa Cristo's, ooh, make you want to do the thing. This is nuts. Opa! 
this it, that is nuts. That's nuts. That's nuts. So this shit is so crazy that I have to believe that this is going to be some kind of new marketing campaign for Ja Rule. That's nuts. That's fucking nuts. So, first of all, the funniest caption, I'm just going to read one caption from Twitter. Um, This is from the Twitter user Charles J. Moore. His ad is at Charles270. Ja Rule got paid by a Ziploc. <laughs> ja Rule got paid by a Ziploc bag of lamb meat for this commercial. <laughs> Yo, this shit is fucking crazy, bro. But man, and then of course it came out like two days later. Of course, Fifty Cent has something to say about it. So Fifty Cent posted the video of Ja Rule and said, "This is what happens when you fuck with me. I'll have you and your whole label selling gyros. Go ahead and try me." I'm like, God damn, like 50 just can't let it go, man. 50 Cent and Jaru have been beefing since 50 Cent and Jaru have been beefing when since the dinosaurs got became extinct. Like that's how long they've been beefing. And none of them are releasing music and they're still beefing like. Yo, that Ja Rule shit is fucking crazy, dog. It's crazy. But watch, watch. I guarantee you, I guarantee fucking T y'all. In the next week, two weeks, three weeks, we're going to find out that that shit is some marketing shit. And we're going to find out that that Ja Rule clip is not going to be painted the way that we think that he's desperate for money. That we're going to find out that that Ja Rule shit is some fucking marketing next level shit. Watch. I, I guarantee you. It's so crazy that it has to be that. Watch. Mark my word. Mark my word. I'm recording this on June the 27th. Mark my fucking word. If it hasn't come out already, it's going to come out in the next week, two weeks, or three weeks. We're going to find out that that Ja Rule shit is some elite next level marketing plan. Watch. Watch. Mark my word on that. Mark my word. But if it's just we making jokes, that shit is fucking nuts, dog. (laughs) Oh. Bah. That shit is nuts. And that shit is really fucking funny. So shout out to Ja Rule, man. Also, I have to play. You know I have to play. The most recent thing that we've seen with Ja Rule make news on was, one, the Fiery Festival, which was the festival of nothing, basically. It was a um a fraudulent music festival founded by Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule, and it was created with intent of promoting promoting uh the app called fire fiery or fire which was a a music talent agency and it was basically gonna be um in bahamas in the bahamas and it was a it was um promoted by like mad celebrities like they had the kardashians on it they had like um bella hadid on it and shit and um there was like when it happened, people paid a whole bunch of money to like go to this island and party. And we found out that not only was the shit poorly planned, that the shit was 100% fraudulent. So that, so then Jaru was getting clowned for that because he threw a festival of nothing and then he got sued by a whole bunch of people. And then he performed at the Milwaukee Bucks game, I want to say in 2019, shortly after the whole fiery fiasco. 
And basically, the way the video came out, it was basically like no one was excited to see him. I'm gonna play that clip for you. This is Ja Rule at the Milwaukee Bucks game. Milwaukee, y'all ready to party? Let me hear you say yeah. Say yeah. They said this is 90s night, so they brought out a 2000 artist. <laughs> but my album came out in 99, so I guess that counts. Sanchez, we ready? One second, I'm loading up. They get it, give me time to load up. Are we ready? I guess not. Now, of course, it's easy to clown them if you're just hearing that and you hear like no one's making noise. But the true story about that is like he just had issues with his audio guy setup. It wasn't had anything to do with the crowd. But when you just see shit like that and then based off the things that have happened with Ja Rule, so the 50 beef, and then the Fire Fest Fiery Festival and then this shit the Milwaukee Bucks game performance, and then this fucking Greek restaurant ad, you're like, yo, Ja Rule is flying off the fucking rails, but shout out to Ja Rule, man, that's Queens, he got 100 guns, 100 clips, and he's from New York, he made that song, so I can't clown him for that long, because that shit is fire, Ja Rule has hits on hits on hits, and I'm sure he's very rich, like, <laughs> I'm sure he's very, very rich, and again, mark my word, do not be surprised if he if you find out that he um that he was like some big marketing plan for something watch watch and last on the docket i want to give a huge huge round of a fucking applause all 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 praise all praise all adulation all fucking congratulations to tiana fucking Taylor this album she put out called the album is fire it is fire 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 flame flame fire flame spitter okay it's a long album it's 23 songs but this shit is fire shout out to Tiano fucking Taylor holy fucking shit this album is fire dog it's fire she got Rick Ross on it. She got her husband, Iman Shumpert, on it. She got Erica Badu on it. She got Future, Missy Elliott, DeVito, Big Sean, King Combs, Lauren Hill. Like, she killed this album. If you have not heard this, I encourage you to listen to it. This shit is hard. It's hard body. It's called The Album by Tiana Taylor. Round of applause again for Tiana. Round of applause again. <laughs> absolutely killed dog she absolutely fucking killed this shit is so fire listen to the album deluxe that's my music recommendation i have a few freddie gibbs and the alchemist alfredo freddie gibbs and um madlib bandana tiana taylor the album and my last recommendation is Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Those four, the, the summer's getting hot. It's getting hot. The summer is getting fucking hot out here. 
man, she really killed, man. Especially coming off the last album, if you guys briefly, let me briefly speak about this. Tiana Taylor's last album was called Keep That Same Energy. And it was a Kanye solo produced project. And it was within the Good Music 2018 rollout where they released an album a week. So it started with Kanye's Yay. Then it was um, Pusha T Daytona. Or Pusha T Daytona was first. Then Kanye's Yay. Then Kitsy Ghost, which was Kanye West and Kid Cudi. Then it was Nas, Nazir, and then Tiana Taylor, Keep That Same Energy. And it came out that the way that Tiana wanted her album to come out was not the way that they ultimately went with. So she was very displeased with the rollout and the release and the songs on her album. And you could fucking hear that shit because she released this album and you could tell this is the album that she wanted to put out. And this shit was so hard. It's, it's so good, guys. Really, I can't put it into words how good this album is please if you got some time give tiana a spin man tiana give freddie gibbs a spin give Renda jules a spin and give boldy james a spin he's hard he's dope he's from i think he's from detroit detroit michigan um boldy james let me let me just look it up real quick so i don't misrepresent myself boldy james where's he from yeah he's from detroit michigan He's um he's an older kind of rapper. He's like 36 or 37 years old. He's a he's seasoned. His album with the Alchemist again called The Price of Tea in China is hard. That shit is hard. Those are my music recommendations. Tiana Taylor, the album, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib Bandana, um Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels and Boldy James The Price of Tea in China. Those albums are fucking crazy. Listen to those shits. Listen to those shits. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 21 of the Bronx Buyers Podcast is in the books. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you again to everyone who fucking tunes in and listens. Thank you to everyone who... um, gives feedback and is engaging with me on the social media platforms. Thank you to everyone who is just vibing and loving, loving that I'm doing this shit full time in my life. And thank you to the essential workers out there busting their ass. And thank you to um, all the people out there using their voices to affect change in a positive way. And um, man, it's just, it's just a blessing, man. Every day is a blessing. That's what I want to leave end with. Every day is a blessing that you on this planet, that you get, to be around your family and your friends and a lot of things are um rocky right now with the, all the turmoil and the politics and the viruses and the s- social unrest and the racism the prevalent racism and everything there's so many negatives out here but every day is a blessing man and as long as you are living right as long as you are surrounded by good people and you have great support systems and coping mechanisms and um just a real will to be alive it's truly a blessing to be on this planet um just to get deep on you real quick it's really as i feel blessed every day that i wake up i feel blessed that i'm able to make a podcast i feel blessed i'm able to express myself i feel blessed that i have great friends great family everything is a blessing man i just I just feel really great nowadays doing this fucking pod, man. It's just amazing. So I'm I'm super thankful. I'm super humble. And I'm super grateful just to be in this space. 
And um, I'll leave you with that. I'm going to fade you out with a great, great song. It's called Flexington by Project Pat off of the album Cheese and Dope 3. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 21. We out. <laughs> Damn, you got you another new car. You flexing, ain't it? Mr. Flexington? Oh, man, I ain't making no noise. I'm just trying to get me some money out here. You need to do the same. You feel Make them rollin' through the city on these Bojiato skinny, cheap and bubble gum loud with a pain of the hitty. Haters, I got plenty. Bitches looking breaking they necks. I got TV Johnny Gold on my neck, so I flex. Got this pretty yellow phone, wanna take me on a date. Cause a nigga at the crib, keep on coming in late. That's your bitch, need to get her. Cause I hate to have to drop a zero tolerance, but niggas wanna trip about a bummer. Stop her if you wanted to. Ho gon' be a hoe. She would never leave this pimpin' if you paid her to go. I'm just riding, making plays, getting bread off the scale. Blow this loud in your face, man. You like to go to hell. I'm flexing so hard in the street, they call me Flexington. Flexington, 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 Flexington. I'm flexing too hard on the street, they call me Flexington. Flexington, 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 Flexington. I just sold me a quarter pack, blowing on a quarter sack. You other niggas with these lies, Project Pat just spit the facts. Turning hundreds in the racks, chrome on the Cadillac. Your bitch to set out the dome, let me hit it from the back. If I'm flat, police up, be wasted. Time. Need to be somewhere doing a job, out resolving the crime. No more time for a player, I'm just getting to the business. Catch me on Rodeo in LA, spinning grids and ass. OG got my mind spinning it, I'm just cleaning it. Laughing at you losers, money train game, winning it. I'm from Tennessee, but I got homies in Lexington who got them foreign rides just like me. Flexington, I'm flexing so hard in the street, they call me Flexington. Flexington, 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 Flexington. I'm flexing too hard on the street, they call me Flexington. Flexington, 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 Flexington. I'm flexing so hard in the street, they call me Flexington. Flexington, 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 Flexington. I'm flexing too hard.